Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. We're so glad you're here with us today. Uh, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report, and I'm joined each and every week by my fabulous co-host, the one and only Rick Stevens. And um, Rick, I have to say, um, it's been a week since we all convened here, and my goodness, the world looks uh, I'm not even going to say a little different than it did a week ago when we were all here. Um, in fact, on last week's podcast, we spoke about coronavirus and how it was already having an effect on the sporting world and that maybe a potential NHL shutdown would happen. And 24 hours later, first case in the NBA, NBA season goes kaput. And 24 hours after that, the NHL follows suit. So how you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, but, um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, uh, seems like, like a lot of news has happened both in the sporting world and, and, uh, generally, um, Mm. we did talk about, um, the coronavirus and last week and, and the impact on, on, uh, hockey leagues and, and we're, we were encouraging a little bit more, um, proactivity. Um, it hardly seems, possible that it was just a week ago that um, the Montreal Canadiens and not only the Canadians, but other teams um, had um, uh, particularly those in Canada had announced that they were grounding their scouts um, mm-hmm. that scouts were still uh, able to go to games um, uh, North American scouts, but that um, you know, they didn't want uh, the teams didn't want them flying. And, uh, but since then, um, as you said, everything's been, um, unearthed with respect to sports and then, uh, with, uh, daily life, it's, it's, uh, it's a completely new world. It absolutely is. But, uh, one thing that remains the same is we are still going to be here every week, bringing you this podcast, um, particularly with so many people, isolating at home and and self-quarantining and so forth um we want to be sure that you can count on us for continued coverage and later on in the show we're going to talk to you about what exactly that looks like from from uh all of us here at rocket sports media but uh, i'm just happy rick that we've had this is a little bit of normalcy today we're just we're getting together and we're gonna we're gonna have a great show and we get to spend a little bit of time talking uh with each other and and all of our listeners and uh going to be a good day for sure and people people are wanting a little bit of normal wanting a bit of a uh, distraction wanting um, wanting to connect and and listen and talk with other people and and uh, we're going to do our part to make sure that that happens Absolutely. So we will. Um, we we have plenty to talk about today. Of course, uh, first and foremost, we're going to. Um, touch base with in our first segment, as we usually do, the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Believe it or not, we actually have a game to discuss of of Laval's. Uh, they played one more game after our last uh, podcast last week uh, before the AHL's season was suspended. So we will give you a brief recap on on what happened in that game and and how things. Uh, how they left things uh, with, with the Laval Rockets. So we will, we will talk a little bit about that um, as well as 
what the what has happened with the AHL and this kind of pause that they've put on the season uh, following the NHL's footsteps. We're also going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, it's we talk about prospect development so often on this show and you know, we, we also talk a lot about it in terms of the Montreal organization and some, some hurdles and obstacles that there's been uh, repeating patterns that have appeared over the course of the years uh, in terms of prospect development. And we're going to touch base a little bit uh, on that in our first segment today as well um, with some, some interesting information that's, that's come out in regards to prospects and, and communication within the organization. In our second segment, we're going to go around the AHL and, and take a take kind of just an overall generalized look at what what the coronavirus has done to the to the state of hockey, really, not just the AHL, but we'll get into what other postponements and cancellations in other leagues uh, has now been has now been handed down. Uh, as well as just talk about a little bit about how some of those teams are are dealing with the shutdown um, and uh, also reflect a little bit about uh, an interesting situation this this presents itself for for two um, pretty notable men in uh, the AHL organization. And finally, then in the third segment, we're going to give you an update on Cole Caulfield. Um, there is still hockey news to discuss, and Cole Caulfield is one of them, uh, Montreal Canadiens prospect. Um, and we're going to give you the latest on Cole Caulfield and our thoughts on, on the news that we have to share there. And as I mentioned, we are going to then talk to you about um, the continued coverage that we will still have at uh, – all forms of Rocket Sports Media and what our team is doing uh, to keep you informed, entertained, and engaged throughout uh, this tumultuous time. So it's it's going to be a great show today. Now, is national the national day calendar? Is is that is that to, given what's going on? Is is that too trivial to acknowledge today? Is that or or on the other hand, is there an, can an argument be made that? that it's part of remaining in touch with normal, some normalcy. It's absolutely part of remaining in touch with normal. Uh, As long as today isn't, um, you know, go outside and cough on people day. uh, (laughs) As long as that's not the national day today, I I absolutely think, you know, um, we need to know what the national day of of, of today is. I'm bracing well, myself. Um, I, I know that many people are um, uh, at home and and uh, either self-isolating or, or just staying out of crowds or, you know, um, shuttering in place sort of thing. And, and they have their supplies. But if you have some if you have some ground beef um, that you want to use, it happens to be National Sloppy Joe Day today. Um, Ooh. Sloppy Joes are ahead of my house. I make mm-hmm. sloppy joes fairly often. Uh, you okay? Here's Amy's tips and tricks uh, when it comes to food. You want to make your sloppy joe a little less sloppy because I mean kids love when you pick up the hamburger bun and most of your sandwich the whole falls back on your half plate. Full yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, for us adults, maybe that's not as maybe that maybe that concept isn't as fun as it was when it was a kid. So if you want your sloppy joe to be less sloppy, here is my hot tip of the day, make sloppy joes because they are very delicious. Um, 
And you can make them with uh, ground beef is great. Uh, if you're not into the red meat thing, ground turkey actually works very well, too. I know it's crazy, but try it. Believe me, it works. Um, but here's the key. Don't use hamburger buns. Use hot dog rolls or like um, hoagie rolls, uh, like like steak sandwich rolls, like longer longer rolls. If you put we, it in, we, in, in hot Canada, dog we rolls, don't know what we don't know what hoagie rolls what hoagies okay. are. What do you call them there? A sub? Sub, yeah, sub. Okay, on onto a sub roll. So then, if you're putting it on a hot dog roll or a hoagie roll or sub roll, depending on where you where you're from, um, then it's mostly then contained in your little bread vessel and much, much less of it falls out all over your plate. That's my And I expect, uh, that's tip. a great tip, and, and I, I expect that, that one of our loyal listeners, and actually it was a guest on the Canadian's Kitchen last weekend, Mike, uh, Mike Habs on Twitter or something like that, um, I, no, wait a minute. He's from a dairy farm. Ah, he'd still support. He'd still support uh, um, using <laughs> beef today. I bet he Is he would. from a dairy farm or a? He I, I don't a, even yes. know. He's yeah, a dairy, dairy farmer. Farm, right? He's yes, a dairy yes, farmer. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. He's a dairy. He's still farmer. on board with this. I would think so. I mean, the last time when we talked about um, Donut Day, Fastnacht Day. Punchki day. He ran right out and got punchkis. Yeah, now, that's right. now, Mike, we don't recommend you run out to the grocery store at this time to go get the ingredients for sloppy joes. But if you have them on hand, uh, we want to know about it. That goes for all of you. Um, no, I love it. National Sloppy Joe Day. I'm going to have to put it on the uh, cook at home menu rotation. The funny thing. Okay, so but before we get into the serious talk, I'm just going to say. I understand that for a lot of people out there, this staying at home and isolating from people thing is a whole new venture that a lot of people are genuinely some some of them are genuinely struggling with with not having a lot of social interaction or leaving the house very often. Um, and then there's me, uh, my husband and I like I, I'm over here raising my hand with I'm an only child who works for herself. And so, um, like most of my days are pretty self-isolated as, as, it, as it goes. And I'm like, for me, I'm like, oh, we can't go anywhere, hon? Okay, well, then um, I've got a stack of books to read. I have some uh, video games I haven't played yet. There's a bunch of movies and TV shows I haven't watched yet. So, like, for me, I'm like, yay, no reason to go outside. <laughs> No, that's that's right. And and it is I, I have heard that same I saw it on social media. This is horrible. Oh my god, this is horrible. Um and yes, uh, read some books. Um you know, uh, join a, a Zoom class on online. Um uh go play Fortnite with David Pasternak. Well, there you um, go. <laughs> um who yeah, who's that? I, um, tomorrow, tomorrow's first day of spring, but it's also, I looked ahead on national day calendars, national let's laugh day today, spontaneously out of the blue, Ricky Gervais, just, um, from his sofa, his, well, I guess it would be his Chesterfield, um, oh, yes. just, just did a, a, a short live cast, just, you know, tried to, bring up the spirits of people, make people laugh. It, it was, 
it was it was fun. Um, it, the, plant a garden, plant seeds in the house before you, you know, whatever. There's lots of things that uh, that people can do, um, and be sure to connect with people and and uh, communicate spirits and and uh, and and in doing so. You'll, you'll also um, raise your own spirits. Absolutely. The, the entire world is literally at our fingertips uh, with the Internet. So uh, take an online class that you've been meaning to, meaning to take. Uh, explore some new hobbies. Um, I mean, thankfully, we are all virtually connected all the time. So you can reach out and talk to anyone on social media or text or Skype or um, we understand, and I'm, and I'm certainly not making light of anyone who genuinely struggles with uh, being alone um, and, and isolation. And in those cases, you know, hope, reach out to people and just stay in contact with people. Um, but as far as like, I'm home and I'm bored. Oh, no, 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 my friends, my friends, my friends, my friends. There is so much to do within the walls of your house. Um, if if you need ideas, just let us know. <laughs> there are plenty. In speaking fact, of that, go ahead. speaking of that, last week on the Canadians Connection uh, mm-hmm. podcast with uh, Joseph Whalen and myself, every Saturday afternoon live, uh, we talk about the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Joe said, um, "Listen, um, hockey is my only hobby. I need a new hobby, and so." Um, I think this week we're and and in preparation for the show this weekend we're going to ask um, listeners to recommend a hobby for Joe. That'll be that'll be ah. part of our recommend a new hobby for Joe and and uh, we'll we'll see what we'll see what the listeners come up with. Oh, I'll come up with some I'll come up with some uh, suggestions for Joe for sure. I mean it's well it's funny even I've seen. Um, even the mascots are feeling a little lonely. Gritty and Melvin, both in the the Flyers organization, they've been active on social media. Gritty sent out a message either today or yesterday talking to everyone about what he's doing in his self-isolation time. Poor Melvin keeps sending out pictures of himself sitting all by himself in the seats at a very empty PPL center, which is very sad and he needs to stop sending sad pictures out. Um, You know, so there's, but, but really nice to see that I, in fact, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms retweeted uh, Greg Carey, uh, one of their players who, who said, my dog does not understand coronavirus or why both of his parents are home all day. My throwing arm may give out. Hashtag fetch life. Hashtag all day play. <laughs> so uh, our four-legged friends are certainly happy that mom and dad are home all the time. It sounds like in Greg Carey's house, he's doing nothing but throwing a ball around. So, um, you know, it's good. It's it's one of those things where at, at the times in our lives and in this world uh, of the biggest crises, um, you also see really good things organically happen in society and between people. And it's, it's, it's really nice to see people coming together and, and because everyone, no matter if they're a fan, if they're friends, if they're family, if they're a player, if they're, we're all going through the same thing at the same time. And it's all something that none of us have experienced before. So um, it's a really unique situation and it's, it's, 
Imagine if this happened 20 years ago before social media was a thing. Uh, it would be a lot different. Um, so I say thankful for the technology age, thankful for the fact that it is 2020 um, and we can all connect. In fact, I did see one more note of levity, um, a, a tweet that was circulating today that says, people say, I want 2020 to be like the roaring 20s, Earth. All right infectious diseases spreading people oh no not like that earth well the u.s stock market is tanking people wait a minute earth lmao bars can't be open anymore so maybe we didn't want it to be quite like the roaring 20s but close enough (laughs) the idea is keep your spirits up um we'll all get through this together and uh we'll be here every week on from the press box yes we will So let's start with our first segment, um, focusing mostly today on the Laval Rocket. As as you know, uh, following the NHL's footsteps last week when the when Gary Bettman finally decided that um, they were going to quote unquote suspend the season, they were going to pause the season. So. As of right now, the NHL season has not been canceled, and neither has the AHL season. In fact, there was some speculation earlier this week that, in fact, the AHL was going to cancel the remainder of the season. The AHL came out very strongly and said, no, that is not the case. However, they did advise teams that they don't uh, foresee play beginning before May. So send your players home to their actual homes um, and tell them to self-isolate and and we'll go from there. So uh, that's not to say that we won't eventually, and it's, it's the one thing, and we even said this last week on the show, that at that time, uh, news about the coronavirus and its impacts on the world were changing uh, even by the hour, much less by the day. So who knows how long uh, this AHL season suspension will stay in place. It very well uh, may move to uh, a cancellation, and we'll talk about some other leagues in which that's happened in the next segment. Um, but as of right now, AHL season has been suspended. However, before that happened, um, the Laval Rocket did host their division rivals, the Belleville Senators, last Wednesday night. Uh, so I should let you know, that it was actually a pretty good outing for Laval and uh, Caden Primo, who was in net that night, earning himself yet another shutout as Laval beat uh, the division leading Belleville Senators three to nothing. They scored a goal in each period. Uh, Nikita Yevpolovs, who's been uh, on fire here the last couple of weeks, uh, he scored the goal in the first period. Jake Lucchini, the, uh, one of the products of um, the trade with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, he scored in the second period. And then the other part of that trade, Joe Glandizi, uh, scored an empty netter um, in the third period. And uh, now, granted, uh, Caden Primo only saw 15 shots in the entire game, so he wasn't exceptionally busy, but he did earn himself another shutout. Um, and uh, I, I know it was disappointing for – uh, the team and and everyone associated with the team, they were riding a bit of a win streak. Uh, they were really battling to get back into a playoff position. So to have everything come to a screeching halt at that point in time, uh, not ideal, Rick, um, for the Laval Rocket, but it's it's a story that's echoed across across the league, really. 
Um, yeah, Lavelle was uh, was doing pretty well. They they took advantage of of a team that um, has been on a bit of a downturn lately. Lost three straight, uh, only five out of their last ten. Um, maybe a bit of a a, a blessing because they were um, about to face two games um, against the the powerhouse uh, Devils, who who had previously won nine of their last ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so um yeah it's it's hard to say now um what's going to happen if there is a resumption of the season well we don't know um we don't know what um it, it's it's looking less and less particularly since the uh, CDC announced um you know a, a two month advisory ban on on uh, uh major events um, uh, that that there will be an opportunity to play out any of the the additional regular season games. Never mind whether there there is a chance to get uh, any playoff action in. Uh, mm-hmm. So Laval, uh, where they sit, is is seventeenth in the AHL. They're sixth in the North Division. Uh, the Phantoms, um, Laval Valley Phantoms, seventh in the in the Atlantic. Um, so it's going to be tough unless there's some, and we've seen all kinds of cockamamie schemes out there about mm-hmm. how they could involve the most number of, and I'm talking about the NHL, the most number of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to me, um, you know, this is this is going to extend um, well beyond that, and and the only way that that uh, the NHL and the AHL would be able to get into um, finishing this season would be to impact next season. And um, both, uh, well, uh, Gary Bettman has been very firm in saying um, any decisions that they make about this season cannot affect, they don't want to affect uh, two seasons. They want to play a full season next year. And of course, I think that would impact um, what the the AHL's uh, decision as well. Um, the one thing that uh, I thought was kind of notable in in that game was that we saw kind of a quiet return of Noah Juleson, um That's uh, true. In that game, and and it was nice to see him back. And and yes, he looked rusty and all of that, but mm-hmm. um, you know he had finally started skating in in February. Been dealing with the migraines and whatnot, but it was it was really good to. Uh, see him on the ice and and uh, see him finish the game. Um, we don't, you know, there was no uh, reports uh, on how he felt afterwards, but seemingly um, the return went well for him. Absolutely. Um, and uh, in addition to that, I mean, stopping that, stopping the season right there, you're looking at things like uh, Jesse Alonen signed to come over um, and was still rehabbing a minor injury and was likely to finally make his debut last weekend. Well, now that's on hold for who knows how long. So uh, an unfortunate side effect there. Also, um, you know, some more uh, bad news had come out last week uh, from the team that um, it was confirmed that due to his spleen injury, Jesperi Kotkaniemi's season was over. Um, we still haven't gotten any indication. All we know is that surgery wasn't required, at least not at the time immediately, um, but no further information on exactly what, 
what the injury to his spleen is, what the extent of it is, or what the prognosis is. Um, so not sure why there hasn't been more communication to that regard. But what we do know is that Kakenyemi's season was already over. Um, an unfortunate uh, an unfortunate piece of news, uh, to be sure. Kale Fleury was also really close to getting back as well. Um, and that's the thing. Keep in mind, um, you know, with not being able to use team facilities, with, that, with not being able to go use public gyms, um, all of these players, if you're, if you're thinking that you want to get back to the regular season or even the playoffs at some point, you have to keep in mind that the amount of time that would just need to be spent allowing players to get back into game condition because they can't do that at home. Um, and that would take an inordinate amount of time. I mean, when they come back to training camp in the fall, they've at least spent all summer training and working out. They're not even, I'm sure they're doing their own home workouts and, and perhaps, you know, doing some cardio work outside uh, where they can when they're away from people, but that's about the extent of it. So um, they're going to, all hockey players are going to be way behind the curve um, as far as physical conditioning and game conditioning, um, which again, may not lend itself to being, wise to try to bring them back uh, to playing form for this season. But again, we have to wait to see. Um, with that, with that being said, we just mentioned Kotkaniemi. Um, and of course, you know, Ryan Paling still, still trying to, was in the midst of having a very difficult season, you know, um, up and down and having some some good it's kind of like take one step forward two steps back for him um the prospects in general uh was kind of an up and down thing this season Lucas Vedemo had just it's funny Lucas Vedemo scores his first NHL goal and he gets rewarded with um being sent back down to the AHL um but he's had a little bit of of up and down Jake Evans uh as well um and Rick, you had you had mentioned something to me uh, about some information that's come out recently about, um, you know, we t- we talk quite often on this show about uh, the difficulties that Montreal has in properly developing their prospects, and some information uh, you heard come out this week might lend some a little bit of reasoning as to why there are struggles there for for young prospects. Yeah, it's. Um... Well, uh, you mentioned Jesper Kotkaniemi, and and we know that that when he um, came down to um, uh, Laval, he 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 hinted around at the beginning, saying, you know, it was it was nice to get some minutes, and it was it was quote unquote his favorite game of the season, and he was taking, you know. Um, I think some people took it as that that he was happy to be in Laval. No, that wasn't it at all. It was kind of a sarcastic mm. shot across the bow about mm. how he was being used in Montreal. And and um, when that did, seemingly wasn't being understood by by the media or or some fans, uh, he went further and and said he he just wasn't um, being effective effectively used in in. Um, Julian's lineup and, and he wasn't, and there, there was virtually no commu- communication. Um, so uh, that led uh, Raphael Doucette, 
um, I guess he thought that that maybe uh, a player would uh, who is no longer with the organization would be more free to open up and um, and he conducted a an interview with Mike McCarron who was shipped off to Nashville. Um, uh, and, uh, in that interview, I mean, um, Mike's, uh, Mike tried to, to dance around a bit and he's not the, I, 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 you know, I've said this before, he's not the brightest bulb. So it's, it's hard for him to <laughs> kind of hide, you know, being politically correct and all any, he, any, he, any, he, he basically said that, um, it was nice to be in an organization like Nashville, um, where, where there was so much communication from all, uh, uh, parts of management. He's with Milwaukee, but yet still the, the, he had had plenty of communication and feedback from the GM, uh, from, um, the coach of the predators and, and, um, and it's, said that in Montreal uh, in his seven years there, he didn't get very much communication at all and said that, that the national management is much more involved with prospects. Um, You know, he talked about not getting uh, off on the right foot with, with Claude Julian. And then that kind of impression stuck in Julian's mind and, and could never shake that. And, and that, um, um, he said, I obviously wasn't Julian's favorite player. And, and I, I don't think he's alone there when, um, you know, uh, prospects um, ha- have that feeling. Um, and he just said that he wasn't given the uh, minutes to show um, himself. He, he felt he had a better chance under uh, Michelle Terrian, which, which I found, I oh found. My. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a low a bar there. You see coming from. Yeah. My God. There's a pretty low bar there. Um, so um, Raphael Doucette, to his credit, um, took that and um, went to four players that uh, in the Canadians, four prospects that he didn't identify in the Canadians organization um to talk about this this uh lack of communication and uh all four confirmed it um mm. that there was virtually no communication from uh Claude Julian um and uh, uh that it you know it's 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 affected uh the way that they've um they've played uh, and and developed, um, and so it, it it's um, it, it's it's just another, and we've heard this before. It's just another in a long line of of uh, people who said that um, um, uh, that, and it and it isn't it isn't simply. I, I think people take a very simplistic approach and say, um, you know, well. Uh, look at Nick Suzuki and, and he likes Nick Suzuki and he put, no, it's, it's, it's um, you see how Julian has a pattern. It seems like they sit down in over the summer and they, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm being long winded on this to take you back. No, that's okay. You look at last season and it was baked in the cake, even before uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi's uh, uh, start to the season, 
that he was going to be the story. He was going to be the guy. He was going to be the one prospect that they would use to get some very needed, necessary, positive um, uh, spin, positive energy about the team coming off uh, such a bad season the season before. And and mm-hmm. they made that decision over the summer, and they followed it. And Kakinemi got got terrific line mates um, uh, through um, his, his training camp and he looked good and, and he was, and then you saw um, uh, Julian trash him at the end of the season saying he was fatigued and everything. And, and then that's continued, that continued on. And then the, uh, the new bright, shiny bobble was Nick Suzuki this fall. Mm-hmm. That was decided in the summer. You saw the again the line mates that Nick Suzuki got um, uh, were comparing to say Ryan Paling, and that was before Ryan Paling's injury. Ryan Paling playing with terrible uh, line mates in spring training, very little ice time. Nick Suzuki was the guy, and and he continued all the way until um, last couple of weeks where Julian started trashing him and saying he hit a wall. So um, all of this is, all of this is a, a, a pretty distinct pattern. And when we talk about development, we talk about uh, something separate than most people do. And that's transition to the NHL. That transition is controlled by the NHL coach and under Terry and, and under Julian, that's been terrible in the Montreal yes. or- Canadians organization. And we've seen it time after time after time happen and recently good work by our our friend Raphael Doucette 919 um and you know these for obvious reasons these four players were not willing to go on record but confirmed what we've been saying for a long time mm-hmm. that uh Julian just has uh, a very difficult relationship uh with his younger players Absolutely. And, and we've, we've not just been saying that from a point of speculation, it's an informed, um, it's an informed opinion that we've been offering for a couple of years now based on uh, similar stories that we've heard from other prospects over the years. Um, And it's just, prospects at that age, particularly in their rookie year, and in their sophomore year, but when they're very young and, and just jumping into professional hockey is such a new experience. Um, there can never be too much. There's no such thing as too much communication with players like that. Um, so to only be middle of the road in communication or in cases like this, just completely absent in communication, it leaves your prospects alone floundering, uh, misdirected, misguided, don't know where to turn, you know, it's, it's, it's really detrimental to the development of a prospect and also to their confidence and their, and their own self-esteem and so forth as far as, well, I mean, imagine if you're a young prospect and you can never even get five seconds worth of time uh, from, from the head coach. Um, that doesn't send a great message and, and, and prospects at that age can't 
necessarily process that the way that a that a 28 to 32 year old veteran would of okay well whatever that's just Claude um, you know a young prospect is looking for um, feedback they're looking for what can I do to make myself better what can I do to make you happy as coach what can I do to get back in the NHL um, and so it's something we've been we've been calling on this organization for a long time to to take a good hard look internally at what is going wrong with prospect development and if this isn't if this is one component of it it's it needs to get fixed spend this off season and I'm just going to call it an off season because we're in the off season. We're abruptly into the off season. Um, start looking at the things you need to do to, to make, to make that situation better. Do I think the Canadians are going to do that? No, I, I I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, I don't see it happening, but um, it's something that needs to be fixed and it needs to be fixed quickly. Um, and it may not, it may not get fixed until and unless there is a coaching or GM change in the organization, because there needs to be a new philosophy that's handed down throughout leadership and it's not happening right now. With that, on that happy note, it's just our, you know, it's today's segment of Rick and Amy talk prospect development. (laughs) Um, You know, it seems like it's a, it's a perennial topic. Um, It's a one that, for me is a bone of contention with, with Montreal. Uh, and I'd love to see some improvement. Uh, but as you say, Rick, great job to Raphael Doucette. Um, that's good journalism. That's good journalism. You get a piece of information out of an interview and you take that and you do your own homework and you do, you dig a little deeper. Um, so congratulations to Raphael uh, on, on some great journalism there. We are going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to go around the AHL and we're just going to talk a little bit about how uh, this whole coronavirus mess is affecting leagues all over the world and and North America and and teams around the AHL. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, We will be back in just one moment. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, don't forget to also be sure to follow us on Twitter at the AHL Report, particularly in times like this. That's the place you can go to get all the latest content and information that we have available as news happens around the hockey world. We will bring it to you there at the AHL Report. Uh, 
Now, Rick, here in our second segment, we go around the AHL. I guess we should, you know, talk a little bit about how um, how this crisis that's happening around the world is really affecting the world of hockey. Uh, you know, we know that the AHL is currently uh, in a in a season suspension, as is the NHL, but the ECHL has canceled its season. The NCAA had to make the decision to cancel all, um, all tournaments, all spring sports. That means the final four, the frozen four, they're gone. Um, it's now the entire CHL, the Q, uh, the WHL, um, the OHL, they have all canceled their season. This is really affecting, um, it's affecting not just hockey, but it's, it's affecting sports worldwide. Um, and it's just, it's something pretty incredible to sit back and, and watch unfold day to day. Well, I think that's a reflection of how serious it is. And I know that for the most part, um, you know, folks point to, to numbers and those kinds of things. And in North America, um, the impact has has been delayed um, somewhat, um, but it it should be. Um, this is a pandemic. It's extremely serious. It's going to be extremely impactful uh, to day to day life, and um, those uh, uh, in the the sports world, in the other in the leagues, um, have have looked at the advice of the medical experts and said that, you know, we're just, we're just fooling ourselves. We're delaying the inevitable. Uh, we have to make these decisions so that um, the people that we work with, our players are, can, can start making responsible decisions uh, for themselves. And, and I give them credit uh, for that. And, and, and um, with so many uh, significant life challenges, um, to uh to allow people to to plan um is uh is imperative right now absolutely and and it's you know people keep talking into i i was i was i'm going to be quite honest i was frankly stunned when i saw the tsn report that came out yesterday about this proposed uh new timeline to resume the regular season that that some of some of the nhl players are even on board with which which has something that looks like the regular season uh, reconvening in uh, either July or August and then playing the playoffs in September, having the draft in October, then starting next season in November. I mean, I just, I, un, here's, here's the thing that's, um, you know, we can all appreciate that from a media perspective, from a media perspective and a fan perspective, yes, suddenly the hockey season ended very abruptly. And for fans, it's, it's a loss of, for some, like in the case of Joe Whalen, their, their, their sole hobby (laughs) of watching hockey games and cheering for their teams. Fans will have the disappointment of my, but my team was on a playoff run. What if they could have won the Stanley cup this year for media? It's, you know, normally media has, they've got a, you know, timeline of preparation as the season winds down for content and so forth. And suddenly it just comes to an abrupt halt. So it's a complete upheaval for media members, but for players, they're the ones that have been putting in the work all season. And suddenly for many of them, they won't know 
if all of that hard work would have paid off and, and ultimately come to winning whichever championship of whichever league that they were playing in. Um, I saw an article from uh, the Utica Comets GM um, this week talking about how um, right now there's just no closure to the season at all um, that it was very difficult even for some of the players to not have had an exit interview at this point to just go home and not have ha- having had a last conversation with, with coaches and GMs um, that's for a player. That's I'm sure that's exceptionally troubling um, in the AHL. You've got guys who are literally at this time of year, literally playing for a contract for next year. If it's not with the team that they're with, then, then they're out there, you know, doing whatever they can to earn a contract with another team that comes to a grinding halt. So you've got guys who, who now are looking at the summer, like, my gosh, if we don't play again, what's going to happen to me and for a contract for next year. Um, in the ECHL, uh, it was announced that once they canceled their season, uh, the ECHL players, unlike what's going on in the, in the NHL, where they're continuing to get their last three regular season salary payments, the ECHL doesn't have the money to do that. And so when the ECHL canceled their season last week, that's it. No more money coming for those players. Um, the Utica Comets, to, to go back to them, you know, many AHL teams are – are independently owned. They're not big corporations. Um, And so the Comets are one that they're looking to their community to try to help bolster revenue. They're, they're selling, they've created t-shirts that say puck the virus um, and they're selling those as a way to help raise some money and, and bring in some, some cash for the organization and probably to try to help continue paying um, staff members within the Utica Comets organization. I mean, it's, um, yes, we would love to see hockey happen again, but as you said earlier in the show, Rick, you know, we've already, we're already experiencing a major disruption to this season and it may, it may culminate in a cancellation of the season. The last thing you want to do is have any disruption for next season. You want to start next season with a sense of normalcy and getting back to the same routines and timelines that everybody's used to. So while, while I empathize with the great desire to see hockey come back, um, a, I don't, I don't see it as a feasible option um, in terms of, in terms of how things are progressing with this virus and its spread. Um, And I also just don't see it as being a wise decision um, overall for, for the leagues. No. And um, this is, this is, well, it's, it's something that's, that's changing. It's something um, that's, that's universal. And I think uh, we're all going to have to understand that, that there's going to be, um, there's going to be loss. There's going to be loss, losses of jobs, losses of people, losses of, uh, in this case, uh, a loss of a, a, a championship or, a loss of a scoring title or a loss of th- those, those kinds of things seem to me, um, I, I know they're important to the individuals, but when, when something is affecting the lives of so many people, I, I, I think in the scheme of things, um, we, we just have to, we have to put it in perspective and I understand that, that, um, it doesn't seem real to some folks and there's generations of, of, of our society that have 
been effectively sheltered from dealing with negative outcomes um, throughout their lives. And now they're so that, so it's, it's unbelievable to them. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I think it's going to be a huge uh, eye opening for, for all of us. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I want to kind of put an underline on, on one thing that you said there that is absolutely true. Everyone there, there's not a person in this on this planet like that's not even an an overstatement. There is not a person on this planet who is not going to feel the impact of current events in some way, shape, or form. This affects everyone. For some people, it's going you know, and and how it affects everyone is going to be different, individual to individual. But everyone will ha- will be impacted. Everyone will feel some negative effects and everyone will have some sort of loss or sacrifice. Um, it's a very stark point in, in this reality that we're living today. Um, you know, there's people worried about paying bills. There's people who are worried about loved ones who are, who are at risk. There are people who are worried about, uh, you know, what the future holds. It, everyone this affects everyone in some, in one way, shape or form, sometimes multiple ways. Um, and so what we have to do now is just come together as a community and say, let's do what's best for all of us in terms of health. Health has to come first. Uh, economics needs to come after that and the rest will figure out from there. Um, but it's, it's a, you know, it's a very, it's a very complicated trail to traverse. And I have to say, Rick, just anecdotally, do you think in a million years that Dave Andrews ever envisioned that this was how his legacy leading the AHL was going to end, that his final few months would be looking at this landscape in the American Hockey League? And on the flip side of that, his successor could never have imagined that he was going to take over leading the AHL dealing with this kind of a crisis. I mean, my goodness, you, you could never have imagined it. Well, it wasn't too long ago um, on this podcast that I had, had thought about um, his, his final few months and, and whether he was going to make a tour of, of AHL cities so that um, fans and organizations could probably pro- properly thank him um, for, for, all that he's done um, in his many years as president of the league. And now, um, you know, there's the real, it it, is very possible that, that he's going to leave with, without awarding a Calder cup for the last time. And, and uh, it's just a very odd, it's just, it's, and, and yes, he's only one person and, and, um, but it's it's just very odd how things have been completely and utterly turned upside down. They really have, and uh, as we've said earlier in this show, it, things it's it's like you can't it's you need time during the day to kind of disconnect and decompress because it, all of the constantly changing information and the gloom and doom can be a little overwhelming. But at the same time, you're afraid to even step away from the news or social media because things are changing by the minute. Um, it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to absorb. It's a lot to comprehend. And it's a lot to think about. Um, and it certainly, um, it certainly isn't the way anyone imagined we would be 
uh, on March 18th, when we would normally be looking at the the final stretch run to the playoffs. Um, But we'll continue to take it day by day and we'll continue to bring you the news about it as it happens. Um, We're going to take one last quick break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to go beyond the AHL. We've got some actual hockey news for you. If you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, we've got an update on Cole Caulfield. Um, as as he has now finished his freshman season uh, with the Wisconsin Badgers. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Cole Caulfield. So don't go anywhere. Come right back. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at all halves. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, The team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back once again to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And once again, be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report. That is the best place to find all of the news that will continue to bring you regarding the ever-changing landscape of the hockey world um, as uh, things continue to change and new announcements are made, plus all the great content uh, from Rocket Sports Media that we will continue to be bringing you um, throughout throughout this time. But before we, we talk about that, that continued coverage, Rick, um, while the NCAA has had to basically cancel the rest of their season, I mean, most colleges and, u- and universities have sent their students home. They're, they're all doing remote learning now. Um, campuses have been mostly cleaned out. Um, and for sure, the NCAA Frozen Four uh, tournaments Uh, have been canceled, uh, which my heart does go out to uh, seniors in the NCAA tournaments um, who this was their last shot um, and who had qualified to play, uh, you know, in the, in the regionals, the semifinals and so forth. This has got to be a gut wrenching way to end your college hockey career, particularly for those who aren't going on to play uh, professional hockey after this. Um, but in light of all of that, uh, one of the teams that was was that had had already seen their season come to an end was the Wisconsin Badgers, um, and so there was some speculation: What's Cole Caulfield going to do? We know that when we spoke to him back in November, he had told us and other news outlets that uh, you know absolutely he wanted to join the Montreal Canadiens at the end of the NCAA season. Um, 
some of his line mates and teammates like Alex Turcott and Keandre Smith, they have signed their entry-level contracts with their respective teams. They will not be back to Wisconsin. And so there was this big question mark of, you know, fans were very excited to get an instantaneous injection of Cole Caulfield's scoring capability, while at the same time, as you mentioned last week, Mark Bergevin had come out to say, well, I think that we're going to recommend that Cole stay in the NCAA for another season and really fine-tune and hone the things that are are maybe weaker areas of his game before he tries to come pro. Um, And since then, it seems that there is finally an answer to that question. So what what can we expect uh, for Mr. Cole Caulfield? Well, um, it came out yesterday uh, from Todd Maluski, and, and we met, we ran into Todd um, when we were um, uh, following uh, Wisconsin, and and he's from the Wisconsin State Journal, and he reported that um, Cole Caulfield had um, met with his coach, or at least told his coach, Tony Granato, uh, that he's planning on returning for a second season um, to the University of Wisconsin Badgers. And um, uh, so there was, uh, and, and, and Todd is, is a reporter that, that travels with the team, very close to the team. And, and for me, um, it was about as definitive as, as it gets. Um, I certainly trusted that report, but others didn't. And, and, um, you know, it had uh, Eric Ingalls checking with the Montreal Canadiens and the Canadiens uh, representative, their spokesperson said, no, that's not true, um, that um, it's uh, not, no decision has been made as of yet. Um, now, of course, it was true. <laughs> and the Canadians, uh, a very short time later, um, uh, put out their own press release and said ah. that... Um, Following a discussion between Cole Caulfield and uh, the Canadians, it, would, it was agreed that Cole will pursue, pursue his academic career with the Badgers uh, next season. Um, Mark Bergevin uh, had a, was credited with a quote who said, uh, this additional year in the NCAA will benefit Cole and allow him to continue developing his skills with the Badgers in vi- Within the Badgers environment, Cole is an important part of the Montreal Canadiens' future, and we will continue to follow his development with interest. Um, so it's, yes, and I mean, the whole Canadian side of this, as, as you said, Mark Bergevin came out and, and bluntly said that uh, Cole Caulfield wasn't ready, wasn't ready for the NHL, wasn't ready for the AHL, and they were going to advise him to stay in college for another year. Now, in his little media apology tour, um, he completely <laughs> walked that back and said mm-hmm. um, that, oh, no, you know, that's maybe what we feel, but Cole will decide, um, which which was odd. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, the, even even at the moment that uh, that uh, there was the the report from the Wisconsin state journal, there was a number of people criticizing it saying, well, no, because, uh, Cole Caulfield's parting down in Florida. And, um, that kind of, that was a bit of a, a bad rumor because, uh, yes, Cole Caulfield was, uh, in Florida, but he was, um, visiting his ailing grandfather. And, and, um, so things kind of got as they do, uh, in Montreal, um, 
uh, got out of control a bit. But the bottom line is that um, he is going back to to Wisconsin. Yes, Keandre Miller ha- um, and and Alex Turcotte have signed with the Rangers and the Kings, respectively. And and um, but uh, there's going to be plenty of talent, including Dylan Holloway, who um, will likely be drafted in in top ten, twelve or top twelve um, at this. Uh, 2020 draft whenever it um, takes place Um, so he'll have a chance I mean scoring he's got that down he led all freshmen in scoring Um, but um, um, he has a lot to work on uh, as we noted um, becoming a more complete player and uh, and being effective all over the ice and and uh, it was our opinion that that he was uh, nowhere close to being ready and 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 I think that's been, you know, certainly Tony Granado kind of hinted that that's, he had lots of things to work on. Mark Bergevin from his scouts said he has things to work on. So I think um, cleaning out all the noise, the, the, the wise decision uh, was made, even though that's going to, um, even though Cole Caulfield was supposed to be the answer to many of the problems that ailed for the Canadians, according to some fans and, and media, um, they're going to have to hold that disappointment and wait at least another year uh, for him to arrive. Well, I echo your, your sentiments there that we have said that um, we've been on the record all year saying that absolutely he will likely need another season in the NCAA. So I'm glad to see that that's going to happen. Um, No, the Wisconsin Badgers didn't have the greatest season this year. But that's not an indication of, you know, I've seen some fans say, well, you know, what's he going to learn in Wisconsin? They had a terrible season. Well, learning how to play hockey isn't necessarily indicative of whether or not your whole team had a good season or not. Um, There's just there's aspects to his game that need to be worked on. uh, And those aspects of his game would be overtly exposed if he tried to make the jump to pro hockey right now. And so to protect the player and to protect your investment in the player um, and to give him the best opportunity to succeed when he does go pro, keep him where he's at, let him develop. Uh, So yay. We actually, we're happy with a decision. (laughs) This is an odd feeling. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe this, but uh, yes, very good decision. Um, one thing that we have mentioned all throughout this this show today is that uh, you can count on all of us here at Rocket Sports Media to keep bringing you the content that you've come to enjoy and learn from and depend on. And that uh, is not going to change just because we're not able to provide you with game recaps right now. Um, Rick, we've got a great team here at Rocket Sports Media. Uh, obviously, as we've said from the press box, this show will continue to to be published uh, every week. You can absolutely count on hearing from us every week to to give you all the latest hockey news and, uh, and probably some anecdotal things as well. Uh, your podcast uh, with Joe Whalen, the live podcast uh, the Canadians connection that airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. that's going to be continuing throughout all of this so can come to rely on that as well Um, but we'll have additional content that people can really look forward to as well correct oh absolutely Um, Chris G um, his notepad is is kind of a capsule of of news Um, he does that for both the Montreal Canadiens 
and the Laval rocket. Uh, that's going to continue and it's going to uh, one week, it's going to alternate weeks. One week you'll get um, um, the Canadian's notepad and the next week you'll get the rocket notepad. Um, and he's going to look at some, some um, in addition to, to news that crops up, he's going to look at some um, issues and, and things going forward as well. Um, Sam Gerber, who usually you know him from his game day previews of uh, Canadians uh, action, um, he's been chomping at the bit to uh, write some more big picture articles, and, and uh, uh, we're going to plan on him doing that in the summer while he gets a bit of a head start on that, and you'll, you'll see some of his pieces coming out soon. As well, uh, Kate Rachel does, um, she's our, our, our hockey historian and, and uh, uh, the series that um, uh, she's done um, on, on different aspects in hockey history have been very well received and, and she's um, um, putting some of those together as well that, that she'll be able to see. Um, and as well, um, we're open to your ideas. If, if you have things that you want to cover, if you have questions, if you want, if you have um, things that you want us to tackle, questions you want, uh, be sure to reach out to us on social media, whether that's Twitter, whether that's Facebook, whether that's Instagram, um, or you can reach us via the Rocket Sports text line. It's always open. Uh, the text line is 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Absolutely. It's great uh, just because there isn't any hockey actively being being played right now. That does not mean that uh, the Rocket Sports Media team won't be here to to give you all sorts of new content for you to to gobble up uh, while you're (laughs) at home looking for new things to read and listen to. Uh, In fact, there's a, a couple of projects of my own for the AHL report that I've kind of been as like Sam, I, I can, I can, I know the feeling I've been chomping at the bit to, to get a couple of projects of my own underway. And so now I'm going to be able to, to uh, roll those out here uh, soon, as well as some player profiles that we've got coming um, all sorts of great stuff. So keep, everything locked on rocket sports media at the ahl report on twitter of course you can find rick at all habs you can find me at flyers rule and rick if if people want to um you know if they've got some extra time on their hands and they want to uh, either find our podcasts as they come out every week or if they'd want to go back and listen to to archived uh episodes what's the best way for them to find our podcasts well, um, we make that uh, we make that really easy for you. Um, just go to um, if you're looking for Canadians coverage, go to allhabs.net and you can find our our podcast there. If you're looking for um, uh, our podcast here from the press box, um, go to ahlreport.com. Um, you can find us also on any of your. Uh, regular podcast platforms that you listen to uh, search for rocket sports radio and uh, subscribe and you'll get any of our podcasts or if you want a website that has only uh, podcasts we put all those together in um, in a website it's rocketsportsradio.com you can go there and and find any of of the podcasts that you've missed and and uh, uh, it's a perfect time to to uh, remind yourself of things that we were talking about at other times during the year um, or just uh, a way of uh, escaping for a while. And uh, when you want to think and talk about hockey. 
Well, we uh, we are really excited to see, uh, you know, looking for the silver lining and everything. Yes, we're hockey's not happening right now, but I'm really anxious to see what opportunities for creativity uh, our team members are are given now that they've got a little more uh, extra time on their hands. And I think that's only going to be beneficial to our listeners and readers and fans and followers. So. Um, Be sure you come back again next Tuesday for another episode of From the Press Box. Uh, Rick, it's been a a great show. Um, All the best to you and your loved ones. Be well, be healthy. Uh, Don't go outside. (laughs) Uh, Make sloppy joes tonight. Um, And, uh, yeah, we'll all get through this together one day at a time. We sure will. And, you know, uh, my message to... Uh, the team, the Rocket Sports team, and I, I said that in a um, an email to them, um, uh, practice impeccable hygiene. You certainly need that, especially if you're going to participate in Sloppy Joe Day. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure you decam- decontaminate the services in your home, uh, stay home. Um, and, and, you know, one of the, the things I said is that um, – and this this applies to everyone that's 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 listening. Um, your actions um, can can truly save lives. This is, you know, it's a rhetorical thing that we we say we use, but this in this case it's actually true. So stay home, uh, look after your yourself, look after your family, look after your friends, um, and um, we'll get through this. Absolutely, we will. Stay safe out there, be healthy, and come back again next week for another episode of From the Press Box. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so glad to have spent this time with you uh, and enjoy a little downtime. Uh, We'll see you here next week. Thanks so much. And keep on wishing. Remember your dream is your only scheme. So keep on pushing.